Florida Frontiers, the weekly radio magazine of the Florida Historical Society, is made possible in part by the Jesse Ball DuPont Fund and by the Rossiter House Museum and Gardens in the Historico Galley section of Melbourne, Florida. It's also made possible by Florida's Space Coast Office of Tourism, representing destinations from Titusville to Cocoa Beach to Melbourne Beach. This is Florida Frontiers, the weekly radio magazine of the Florida Historical Society, on the web at myfloridahistory.org. I'm Ben Broatmarkle, and coming up on the program, we're going to Eatonville, Florida, to celebrate the 25th annual Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts and Humanities. Such an action would have destroyed the historic significance of Eatonville. It would have destroyed the traditional Eatonville community. We'll discuss WPA documents written by Hurston. They're actually handwritten notes, and it looks like she she sat down with uh, an ex-slave, a woman by the name of uh, Mary Bittis. And we'll visit an Eatonville church with unique artwork inside. It's the 25th annual Zora Festival on Florida Frontiers. I remember the very day that I became colored. Up to my 13th year, I lived in the little Negro town of Eatonville, Florida. It is exclusively a colored town. The only white people I knew passed through the town going to or coming from Orlando. The native whites rode dusty horses. The northern tourists chugged down the Sandy Village Road in automobiles. The town knew the southerners and never stopped cane chewing when they passed. But the northerners were something else again. They were peered at cautiously from behind curtains by the timid. The more venturesome would come out on the porch to watch them go past and got just as much pleasure out of the tourist as the tourists got out of the village. The front porch might seem a daring place for the rest of the town, but it was a gallery seat for me. My favorite place was atop the gatepost. Proscenium box for a born first-nighter. That's Jocelyn Mukwanga rehearsing the the role of Zora Neale Hurston in a new production of Female Florida, Historic Women in Their Own Words. The play is being presented this week as part of the 25th annual Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts and Humanities. The event is held during the last week of January in Eatonville, the oldest incorporated African-American municipality in the United States and home to Harlem Renaissance writer, folklorist, and anthropologist Zora Neale Hurston. N.Y. Nathiri is founding director of the Zora Festival and says that back in the late 1980s, the historic significance of Eatonville and Zora Neale Hurston were not widely known. We began the uh, Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts, uh, which was its name uh, in 1990, because we've uh, recognized the need to inform the public, the general public, as well as the uh, generally informed um, population about the significance of Eatonville as as an historic um, uh, place, as a historic community in the history of the United States of America, and the role that Zora Neale Hurston uh, has played in making Eatonville known as a literary destination. All of that because in 1987, the county, uh, Orange County Board of County Commissioners unanimously 
uh, voted to five-lane the existing two-lane roadway, uh, which is Kennedy Boulevard and which runs through the heart of the community. Uh, such an action would have destroyed the historic significance of Eatonville. It would have destroyed the traditional Eatonville community. And yet, we, we recognize that without really bringing to the public's attention the special character and the special qualities that Eatonville possesses, uh, there would be no reason in their mind uh, to question uh, such a devastating governmental action. And so those of us who uh, were aware of the role and the power of public programming determined that uh, we shouldn't lecture, we should not um, remonstrate, we should actually develop and create uh, an event that would, in soft ways, make the very tough argument that the community was worthy of, of preserving, and in fact that uh, there was a segment of people around the world who would really find it quite unconscionable that uh, such an action would be taken against the uh, community. N.Y. Nathiri and the Association to Preserve the Eatonville Community were successful in their effort to stop the devastating expansion of Kennedy Boulevard, and public awareness about Eatonville and its most famous resident grew dramatically. The Zora Neale Hurston Festival was an immediate success, with more than 10,000 people attending the first event in 1990. From the beginning, the event was planned in a series of five-year cycles exploring different themes. But of course, the first five years was to introduce her, the woman, her work, and the community at large. Um, over, I would say, the last 10 years, we have really looked more with the global implications of the work that Zora Neale Hurston uh, was associated with. And because she was associated with folklore, with literature, with theater, with religion, with anthropology, you, you have just a, a wonderful uh, universe of, of topics. In fact, the festival is uh, a multidisciplinary event. The Association to Preserve the Eatonville Community, which is a parent organization, uh, is a multidisciplinary organization, which means that we have the ability to look at the visual arts, to look at the performing arts, and to look at the humanities as our portfolio. And that really just, it's, it's, intellectually exciting, it's creative, it's uh, creatively stimulating, and in fact, it just draws people uh, because, and I, it draws people in these fields as well as a public, and so, um, you know, the Zora Festival has the ability to live and to flourish as long as people live and flourish. Since 1990, the Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts and Humanities has offered academic discussions and scholarly presentations, concerts, visual art exhibitions, theatrical performances, and a three-day outdoor festival featuring African-American crafts, music, books, storytelling, memorabilia, and food. Well-known figures such as Maya Angelou, Alice Walker, and Amiri Baraka have appeared at the event over the years. 
and why Nefiri? The National Planners as an institution represents the the ability to bring together a strong core of intellectuals and creative artists who then have brought to this event a kind of brand that is second to none, certainly in the state of Florida, and I would say regionally and to to some extent nationally, Uh, so that seven or eight scholars who meet on an annual basis, who volunteer their time, who meet on an annual basis um, to solidify what we will do in coming events has really allowed the uh, the festival the kind of longe- longevity that it has. Um, the, the contributions of people like uh, Dr. Maya Angelou of uh, Alice Walker, of the late uh, Ossie Davis and uh, Miss Ruby D, um, people like that who have really brought their talent to us and have brought that talent without fee is in itself uh, impressive because, uh, frankly, without their generosity, we would not have been able to present the kind of programming that we have. The schedule of presenters for the 25th annual Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts and Humanities is as impressive as ever. For this year, uh, Edgewee Danticott, a MacArthur Fellow, uh, a book, o- a National Book Award winner, will be returning to festival. Um, uh, this year, we will see again the fe- the brilliant work of Elizabeth Van Dyke, who in the in the 90s was essentially our our artistic um, director. Uh, we will see uh, this year uh, a return of of some festival favorite programming like Hattitude. Uh, we will also see um, scholars coming, local scholars like Julian Chambliss at Rollins College and um, Scott uh, French, the University of Central Florida, to look at Eatonville's history uh, from a primary source position. Uh, you know, it's it's one thing to know that uh, in 1776, you know, the Declaration of Independence was was um, was framed. But what does it mean? What did, what goes? What went into that? What is the story behind the date? So Edenville was established uh, in 1887. But what what? How did that happen? What are the what are the sources, the the census, the documents that you can actually look at and help to learn that story, so that um, the institution of festival uh, has been established again because of the generosity of distinguished and accomplished people. Uh, the generosity of of celebrities who have felt the mission important, and at the same time the the yeoman service of thousands of volunteer hours. Even as she is preparing to launch the 25th annual Zora Festival, NY Nathiri is looking 10 years into the future of the event. We have some very important uh, milestones uh, coming uh, at us. For example, 2016 will be uh, the 125th birthday of Zora Neale Hurston, and we're working already to have a year-long commemoration, uh, yes, in Eatonville, 
uh, in Washington, D.C., at Howard University, uh, at the, uh, in New York City, because, of course, of the, of the uh, Harlem experience. Um, we are looking, as I said, in 2019 uh, to work with um, scholars in Japan uh, to uh, do a festival programming, a festival program there. Now, of course, 2015 will be of significance to us because it begins that uh, next cycle of uh, five years. And we're really looking at the kind of work that festival is launching even this year. And I, I do want to take the opportunity to say that what festival has done increasingly over the years is to set a kind of course for what we will be doing organizationally. And for us at this festival, the Zora STEM initiative uh, science, technology, engineering, and math, the initiative that the organization Preserve Eatonville Community is launching with this festival will be a 10-year initiative, research-based, uh, with um, scholars uh, at the University of, of Central Florida, really under the lead of Dr. Uh, Pamela McCauley Bush and the uh, College of uh, uh, Engineering. Um, we are looking to really solidify our contribution to the revitalization of the historic Eatonville community, and that is about preparing students in Eatonville and elsewhere to be able to assume the well-paying jobs of the 21st century. Now, all of this ties together because the Hungerford, the Robert Hungerford Industrial and, Nor and Normal School had as its mission for the almost uh, 75 years of its existence the preparation of its students for the well-paying jobs in a post-agrarian industrial American South. And it's very appropriate, very fitting, that we take that tradition that the Hungerford School represents and translate that to middle school youngsters' ability to be prepared academically so that when they get to high school, they can take those math and science classes, they can enroll and be successful so that they are prepared for the post-secondary preparation that's necessary. The remarkable history of Eatonville and its most famous resident, Zora Neale Hurston, will continue to serve as a catalyst for historic preservation, cultural celebration, and community revitalization well into the future through the Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts and Humanities. The 25th Annual Zora Festival is underway like this week. I usually spoke to them in passing. I'd wave at them, and when they returned my salute, I would say something like this. How to do? Well, I thank you. Where are you going? Usually automobile or the horse paused at this, and after a queer exchange of compliments, I would probably go a piece of the way with them, as we say in Father's Florida. If one of my family happened to come to the front in time to see me, of course, negotiations would be rudely broken off. But even so, it is clear that I was the first welcome to our state Floridian, and I hope the Miami Chamber of Commerce will please take notice. This is Florida Frontiers, the weekly radio magazine of the Florida Historical Society. I'm Ben Broatmarkle.
Visit us on the web at myfloridahistory.org to find out more about the Zora Festival. That's myfloridahistory.org. This song is called Shove It Over, and it's a line and rhythm pretty generally distributed all over Florida. It was sung to me by Charlie Jones on a railroad construction camp near Lakeland, Florida. Uh, that, I gathered that in 33, 1933. <clears throat> when I get in a and noise, I'm going to spread the news about the Florida boys. Shove it over. Hey, 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 you can't you lie in it. Oh, shack a lack a lack a lack a lack a lack a <clears throat> Can't you move it? Hey, 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 can't you try? Zora Neale Hurston's most famous work, the novel Their Eyes Were Watching God, was published in 1937. In the late 1930s and 40s, Hurston was the only popular published author hired by the WPA to collect folklore. Joining us now is Ben DiBiase, Educational Resources Coordinator for the Florida Historical Society and archivist at the Library of Florida History in Coco. Ben, we have some of those WPA documents right here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're, we're talking about the uh, the Works uh, Projects Administration or the Works Progress Administration, which was an arm of the the New Deal, uh, sort of the, the federal uh, uh, federal program that would help put um, uh, people to work. And essentially, the the Progress Administration had another subfield called the uh, Federal Writers Project. And the aim was to get out-of-work writers and historians, anthropologists, people in, in these uh, kind of white-collar fields uh, to work, you know, because one um, historian famously noted that, uh, you know, writers and historians have to eat, too. Uh, so in 1935, uh, they started the, the Federal Writers Project, and each state essentially had its own uh, director. And in Florida, the director was a woman by the name of uh, Corita Doggett-Course, and she was the director throughout the length of the program from 1935 to 1942. The primary goal was to create a, uh, a guide series, essentially a, a book that would help uh, tourists to sort of learn more about uh, different states around the Union as part of this American guide series. Um, and in 1939, they, they did produce a, a, a guidebook called the, uh, the Guide to the Southernmost State, uh, Florida. And uh, what's interesting, though, about the, this program is that they had hired thousands of people uh, that just traveled around the state with, with really very little direction. They essentially went out to just kind of collect stories and, and to record the uh, not only the history, but uh, sort of the, the contemporary surroundings of Florida. And, and what was really uh, resulted from this, this uh, project was a, a very robust uh, kind of snapshot of the, of the culture and, and the, the history of the state as uh, Floridians saw it in the 1930s. And it really was a, a, a one-of-a-kind uh, kind of project that, that um, we really haven't seen uh, ever since. Now, as you mentioned, this book on Florida as part of the American Guide series uh, was produced, but the WPA writers also collected uh, slave narratives that you have here, right? Yeah, that's right. And, and that's part of this kind of very robust uh, uh, census, if you will, that w was taken. And a lot of, there were a lot of African-Americans, Zora Lee Hurston being, being one of the, uh, uh, the field workers, who would go out into a lot of these African-American communities and interview uh, specifically ex-slaves. Um, which, you know, at this time in the 1930s, a lot of uh, people who were uh, enslaved either in Florida or in the South and, uh, would have been in their 80s and 90s, and they were getting towards, you know, their, their later years. Uh, so she went around and they, and they tried to record what life was like 
uh, from uh, directly from the source, you know, what it was like as a slave uh, in the South. And uh, Zora Neale Hurston uh, interviewed uh, um, a number of people, and, and there were, like I said, hundreds of, of people and contributors throughout the state. Um, uh, another uh, notable uh, personality would be Stetson Kennedy, uh, who's a, a famous uh, uh, Florida writer and, and uh, uh, activist who was uh, active in, in Florida into the uh, the 21st century. Uh, but he was actually a supervisor uh, of Zora Neale Hurston, and, and uh, together, uh, along with other field workers, they would travel around the state and conduct these interviews. Now, you have something uh, here written in, in Zora's own hand, right? That's right. Yeah, this is a, a really a, a unique uh, part of the collection. The Florida Historical Society has thousands of research notes that were part of the uh, uh, this this very um, expansive project that we call the Federal Writers Project in Florida. And uh, uh, but we have one particular document. It's the only one that we can find that we can link directly to Zora Neale Hurston. And uh, they're actually handwritten notes. And it looks like she she sat down with uh, an ex-slave, a woman by the name of uh, Mary Bittis. Uh, so not only do we have her handwritten notes, uh, but we also have her typescript. So later she must have gone gone home and, and typed up the uh, the interview questions. And uh, she's talking to uh, to the interviewee, to Mary, about uh, what life was like and, and certain aspects of life, including marriage and, and what happened to runaways and um, uh, church among slaves and, and then eventually about freedom. Uh, and it's, a again, like I said, a very... Uh, unique and, and fascinating part of, of Florida history that's uh, recorded here in these handwritten notes by a very, uh, very famous uh, Florida writer. Very interesting. Well, thanks a lot, Ben. Sure. Thank you. Ben DiBiase is Educational Resources Coordinator for the Florida Historical Society and Archivist at the Library of Florida History in Cocoa. I had me down two, three cans of tomatoes. Oh, had me down Two, three cans of tomatoes, a can of corn, Lord, Lord, a can of corn. I got a woman, she's pretty but she's too bulldozing. I got a woman, she's pretty but she's too bulldozing. She won't live long, Lord, Lord, she won't live long. The 25th annual Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts and Humanities is taking place in Eatonville, Florida, which is adjacent to the town of Maitland. As Robert Casanello from robertcasanello.com reports, artist Andre Smith, who lived in Maitland, provided an Eatonville church with some unique art. He's probably best known for his paintings of Eatonville. His sort of progressive stance on race relations, as well as being extremely unbiased in matters of gender and nationality, but probably best known for the Eatonville paintings. They are most likely the only surviving images of the uh, Depression-era city of Eatonville. That was Bethany Gray, assistant curator at the Maitland Art Center. She was telling me about the artist Andre Smith. Smith moved to Maitland in the 1930s to start an artist colony known as the Maitland Research Studio. While there, he took an active part in the local community and became interested in neighboring Eatonville. He produced many works based on Eatonville, which is most famous as the hometown of the Harlem Renaissance writer, Zora Neale Hurston. Smith's most famous Eatonville work hangs in the St. Lawrence African Methodist Episcopal Church. These eight paintings depict the biblical story of Jesus and the crucifixion 
commonly known as the Stations of the Cross, but with the images represented are those of African-American figures. Here Miss Gray tells me what Smith was trying to capture in these Eatonville works. With the Eatonville art, I think that he was really just uh, appreciative of the community. I think he was fascinated with it. I think that he was doing what he could to sort of level the playing ground for the two communities because they were um, so starkly contrasted as far as have and have nots. Um, but he found the Eatonville community be to be so rich um, obviously not monetarily, but culturally rich. And I think that he wanted to immortalize that, perhaps. I spoke with Jerry Bell at a local coffee shop to learn more about these works. He's a member of the Friends of Maitland Art Center. Here he tells me where the inspiration for the paintings came from. He had a great friendship with Zora Neale Hurston. When you look at the paintings, you can see that some of the paintings, which uh, are either of Jesus or uh, angels, portray uh, people of dark skin, some are of light skin, so I think he thought of them as a, uh, as a one people kind of thing, and, and uh, his progressive thoughts just prevailed in those paintings. If you've never seen these paintings, they are remarkable. They represent an interesting comment on the part of Andre Smith, who was a progressive northern artist working in Central Florida, and was troubled by racism and the progress of race relation in the South has he witnessed it. Although these paintings are eight separate works, collectively they tell a broader story. Here Jerry Bell speculates as to that broader story. There is a narrative and, and there is a narrative at the bottom of each one of the paintings which basically reflects a passage uh, out of the Bible. Uh, as far as I know they're all from the New Testament so they basically is like you know the Lord, he comfort me, and the picture basically pro projects that, the Lord comforting a citizen, you know, one of the one of the people, you know, the downtrodden, the oppressed. Which, of course, you know, if you read the history of, of Jesus, Jesus was an advocate for the poor, so uh, Andre Smith, in his, in his little role that he saw as an artist, uh, wanted to project that advocacy for the poor, and I, I think he came across very well in, in how he did that. The restoration process will be difficult. I asked Jerry Bell to tell me what has to be done to each painting. It took a long time to get them flattened and to get the backs reinforced so that they wouldn't bow again. Unfortunately, they were made out of pressed paper, which is even less stable than what masonite is. So being uh, these paintings were done in 1937, so you can see in a non-air-conditioned uh, condition, that uh, they have really deteriorated and the paper has actually started to come apart so they had to what they had to do was put glue in between the sheets of the paper and to get them back reinforced and then there's a reinforcing material that's going to be put on the back of them so that, that, that they won't do this again. We know little of Andre Smith compared to his contemporaries in the art world. Paintings like the ones which hang in the St. Lawrence Church are not only a contribution to the arts heritage of Florida but also represent a commentary and conversation on race between Smith and the community in Central Florida. This restoration is an effort to preserve that voice as much as it is to preserve the art. To learn more about the restoration efforts, find the Friends of the Mainland Arts Center online. That was Bethany Gray and Jerry Bell 
And I am Robert Castanello with Florida Frontiers. You've been listening to Florida Frontiers, the weekly radio magazine of the Florida Historical Society. Find us on the web at myfloridahistory.org and on Facebook at Florida Historical Society. Visit us January 30th through February 2nd at the 25th Annual Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts and Humanities in Eatonville. Have a great week. I'm Ben Broatmarkle. Frontiers, the weekly radio magazine of the Florida Historical Society, is made possible in part by the Jesse Ball DuPont Fund and by the Rossiter House Museum and Gardens in the Historic O'Galley section of Melbourne, Florida. It's also made possible by Florida's Space Coast Office of Tourism, representing destinations from Titusville to Cocoa Beach to Melbourne Beach.